Let's open our Bibles this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. The Apostle is writing his second epistle to his ministerial understudy Timothy and encouraging him. Timothy may not have been by nature as bold of a man as Paul was. And Paul refers to the faith that was in his mother and grandmother in the fifth verse. And encourages him to stir up the gift that was in Timothy by the laying on of Paul's hands. Because God has not given us the spirit of fear in the seventh verse. And then here we start in the eighth verse. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with an holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. 2 Timothy 1, verses 9 and 10. Verse 9 tells us that Paul and Timothy's salvation and ours with them was by the purpose of God given to them and to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. We read about many things that took place before the world began, before the foundation of the world. We were chosen in Christ at that time. Our names were written in the book of life at that time. And it was God's purpose. Here it says, His own purpose and grace. That is the basis of our salvation, and it was given to us by covenant transaction before the world existed, before we existed, but God already knew us because He had already predestinated to save us. And we were placed in the Lord Jesus Christ, and He in the fullness of time would come and bear our sins in His own body on the tree, and then rise from the dead and sit at God's right hand to save us to the uttermost. Verse 10 tells us, but this transaction that took place before the world began is now made manifest. It's brought into full view and openly revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Until 2,000 years ago, there hadn't been a Savior. There was only the law of Moses for 1,500 years before that, a schoolmaster to bring us to the Lord Jesus Christ. But then he came 2,000 years ago in the generation of the Apostle Paul and Timothy, and he's abolished death. The penal effect of death is gone. The fact that we go to sleep in Jesus is not really death. That's why it's called sleep by the Lord and his apostles. Because the penal effect, the condemnation of death, has been lifted from us. And the gospel is the good news, it is the glad tidings, that show us the life and immortality God purposed for us, in his own purpose, and that Christ purchased for us by his own precious blood, it brings it to light. Yes, right. 
The gospel does not bring eternal life and immortality. It brings it to light. And for that we're thankful. And no wonder Paul could encourage Timothy not to be afraid, not to be ashamed, but to abide some afflictions in this life, because what a message it truly is. If we come over one chapter to 2 Timothy chapter 2, we find verse 15. It says this, (coughs) Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Ministers must study to show themselves approved unto God. Godly ministers are not in the business of running schools or colleges or worrying about buildings or things like that. They're to be studying God's Word, and that approves them before God. They're the New Testament counterpart of the Old Testament scribes. Right. It's a, And that will result in a workman, because it's work to study the Word of God that doesn't need to be ashamed by arriving at some false doctrine because he moved a little hastily without proper study and ended up in a position that the Bible exposes as being false and heresy. Rightly dividing the word of truth. This Bible is the word of truth. It has truth in it, but you're only going to pull truth out of it by rightly dividing it. The verses that we read in chapter 1, why are they missed and rejected by so many? Because they have not rightly divided the word of truth to find the proper place for their faith and their works and God's will and Christ's work. The will that's involved in salvation is the will of God. The work that's involved in salvation is the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. And our faith and our works are, are only the evidence of the will of God and the work of Christ on our behalf. And we come to that conclusion by study and by work and by rightly dividing the word of truth. We're thankful for the word of truth, but we want to be thankful that God has shown us this text as well, because so many miss what we're going to be considering today and in the weeks to come. May the Lord bless us to rejoice that the lowly, profane scum that we are by nature, the God of heaven chose to save us from what we chose for ourselves and our future. Our Father and we have chosen the same course, rebellion against God and His Word. And we have chosen the consequences of that course, death. We choose it every day, just like Adam, our father, chose it. But thankfully, there was a God that said, live for us, and we shall live forever with Him. And we want to rejoice in that great salvation today. Let us pray. Our Father which art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. We thank thee, O Lord of heaven and earth, that before the foundation of the world, according to your own purpose and grace, you chose us in Christ Jesus of Nazareth to be saved. We thank thee for that salvation. And Heavenly Father, we we thank you that it is not according to our works of any sort. It is not based on our faith. Our faith is a gift that you've given to us by the indwelling Holy Spirit in our new man that lays hold of this truth and gives us comfort and assurance in our minds. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, that the gospel does not bring eternal life and immortality, but brings it to light. Which is why the apostle in the second chapter also said, 
that He endured all things for the elect's sakes. Because, Heavenly Father, it was them that You had chosen in Christ Jesus according to Your own purpose and grace before the world began. And it was Paul's purpose in life to carry the message of life and immortality to them, to share with them the glad tidings and good news of the gospel. We are thankful for that message today, that we can know that we have eternal life by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and loving our brethren and working righteousness in our lives. Oh, Father in heaven, we come before Thee this morning, and we pray that You would lift us up out of the distractions of this life and this world and cause us to see and to love and to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee that in Him is the spotless Lamb of God that replaced all the lambs and all the shed blood of bullocks and goats of the Old Testament and then some. We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that not only is He the Lamb, He is also the High Priest that offers the Lamb, for He offered Himself without spot to Thee. And we thank Thee, Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that the means of our eternal redemption is by the means of death, the death of the testator that promised us eternal life, even Jesus Christ our Lord. We thank Thee that He is the prophet like unto Moses, and He has brought the glad tidings of Your covenant salvation to our ears. We're thankful that He is the apostle of our profession. And so we have no apostle on earth, but one that sits in heaven with 24 thrones round about His throne. Heavenly Father, we ask Thee this day to help us. Draw nigh to us as we draw nigh to Thee. Take the scales from our eyes and the coldness from our hearts and show us the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us love Him. Let us see the sorry state we were in of rebellion. That Adam was no worse than we would have been. Probably better. But Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the second Adam this day who has stood in our place and obeyed perfectly. And His obedience is imputed, is reckoned and charged and given to us so that we are seen in your holy eyes as just and holy, righteous and pure in your sight, without blame and without offense until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our Father in heaven, help us today. Lift our hearts up while we sing, open our eyes while we read, and let the word of the Lord have free course and be glorified this day. Not only here, but in every place where men in sincerity Call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, grant that they and we together might worship Thee in spirit and in truth, and thus be acceptable for You seek such to worship Thee. Mm -hmm. Heavenly Father, what we do in error, show us, and we shall expunge it from our worship and from our lives. We shall reject it and cast it aside. And, O Lord, show us the truth, and we will follow it with all our might. But we thank Thee for what You have shown us thus far. And we shall not apologize for what we say, though it be held by such a few in this world, in this generation. Open our lips to speak and our ears to hear that we'll rejoice this day in our sovereign God and His glorious salvation through Jesus Christ alone. Preserve our nation, our families, our health, our incomes, 
and our spirits, O Lord. Through Jesus Christ, we commit ourselves to Thee. Amen.